listening to GLJ Shorts, a podcast by the German Law Journal. Here, our authors present their articles in a nutshell, all of which you can find at germanlawjournal.com. In this extra episode, instead of our authors, you're going to hear one of our co-editors-in-chief present his highlights from the 2020 volume. Welcome to my selection of noteworthy articles from the German Law Journal's 2020 volume. My name is Matthias Goldman and I'm one of the editors-in-chief. Now, what's the point of this selection? The other day on Twitter, I found a post highlighting the top 10 most downloaded articles by another journal, actually a journal which I appreciate very much. And that made me think a little bit. I thought, why are we relying so much on downloads and on algorithms? Isn't there a huge risk that we're just ending up in a bubble? Algorithms cannot read papers. They can just see how popular a paper is and uh, what um, people downloaded that also liked uh, this paper. So there is a tendency that they make popular stuff even more popular. Now, it's fine to point out stuff that is quite noteworthy, but we want to have plurality. The German Law Journal actually, um, since the beginning of its existence, has had as a central part of its mission to fight bubbles. In that case, it was the bubble of German legal academia. And uh, we also want to uh, fight bubbles that might be created by algorithms. For that reason, I thought I'll provide you with a hand-picked selection of uh, articles that may not have the download numbers that I would expect them to have just given their content. So I'm starting with a article from issue number two, written by Orba Sock, a young colleague from Nottingham. It's entitled The Schmittelsen Court, The Question of Legitimacy of Constitutional Court. Orba Sock in his article compares different constitutional courts and how they uh, understand their role. Now, we all know that Hans Kelsen said, constitutional courts should be the guardian of the constitution based on their technical expertise. And um, uh, Karl Schmidt, on the other hand, he didn't think much of constitutional courts, but he thought that legitimacy is never a question of technical expertise, but of popular consent, popularity, so to say. And Orbasok shows that existing constitutional courts like the US Supreme Court or the Israeli Supreme Court increasingly combine the, both, uh, the two functions, acting as a guardian of the constitution, but relying more and more on popular consent. I think that is an idea that uh, has great potential for research on constitutional courts generally, and therefore this article deserves Uh, to be noted. The next article I would like to mention is from a special issue. Now, talking about special issues, you might know that we're publishing between three and four special issues every year, and uh, they usually get a lot of attention. That's not only because they usually have a very topical subject, but also because they're using a wide range of diverse methodological approaches to treat that subject. So they're giving a very profound analysis. By the way, if you're interested in publishing a special issue with us, we've got an annual call for special issue proposals. This year's call will end on the 3rd of September and check out our website. There's all the information you need to know. Now, the article I would like to mention is from issue number three, which is really an excellent special issue on border justice, migration and human rights. And the article is written by Daria Davitti from Lund University, and it's entitled Beyond the Governance Gap accountability in privatized migration control. Now, this article shows the involvement and treats the involvement of private companies in the EU border regime. I didn't know that this existed, but what Daria shows is that it has quite serious 
consequences for human rights, something which doesn't really come as a surprise, you know, whenever private companies are involved in an area that is sensitive from a human rights perspective. And Daria provides some proposals how that could be solved or could be improved. Now, I think that is an article that is of interest to anyone interested, not just in migration, but also in things like business and human rights or the evolution of global capitalism. So I think it really deserves a wide readership. The third article I want to highlight is from issue four by Thomas Hestemann and Elisa Hoven, two Germans, and it's on crime in Germany as portrayed by the Alternative für Deutschland. You might know that this is a right-wing party in Germany, and the two authors show how the way they depict crime in Germany is completely at odds with the official crime statistics. In fact, they um, even suggest that the development is um, and op is opposite from what it really is. And it's very good to have an empirical analysis that proves how one-sided their take on crime is. The next article I want to highlight is from a special section included in issue five on the much discussed PSPP judgment by the German Constitutional Court. The article I want to highlight is by Isabel Feichner, and she writes about the democratization of money. And she says that the PSPP judgment should make us think about democratic nature of money, how money could be viewed in completely different ways. And she provides many examples of bottom-up um, projects for uh, generating money, which also show that the law has an enormous role, obviously, in, uh, in money. So that article really sits at the intersection of modern monetary theory and constitutional law, and I can only recommend it. Now, I saw that recently article, this, this article by Isabel is gaining a lot of traction. Therefore, let me highlight another article from the same special section in issue five by Frank Schorkopf on value constitutionalism in the EU. I think that is a fine historical analysis on of the transformation of the EU's self-understanding as a um, as uh, being formally a more functional constitution um, that, you know, was about the distribution of power. And now it has moved to a constitution that is increasingly uh, about the way we organize a community, about a good order. And uh, Frank has a lot of material from actually almost 50 years that he's including in that article that show how, you know, a different constitutional understanding has uh, has uh, has has evolved. The next article I want to highlight is from issue six. It's by Zoe Cometti, a young Chilean lawyer, and it's entitled Possibilities of Limiting the Protection of Large-Scale Investments in Farmland. So it's about the big land grab, big multinational companies investing in farmland, and that, as the author says, might uh, endanger food security. Uh, now, you might know that uh, at the moment there's a lot of discussion about investment law reform and the author comes up with a very specific proposal on a public interest clause for investment treatments that might, you know, um, balance the different interests of investors and uh, uh, sustainable um, uh, farming. The next article I want to highlight is from a special issue, one of our Befane special issues, um, uh, issue number seven on social legal research in Germany and the UK. The article is written by Ulrike Schulz from the Fernuniversität Hagen, and it's on uh, gender in social legal teaching and research in Germany. Actually, what she does is providing a social legal study of one particular branch of social legal studies in Germany, namely feminism and gender studies. Now, uh, you might know that they have had a hard time 
gaining traction in Germany. And uh, Ulrike goes a little bit to the bottom of uh, the matter and shows how treacherous that path has been uh, until uh, recently and what obstacles uh, gender studies have faced in becoming mainstream in German legal academia. The next article I want to highlight is from is by Brendan Garrett from Duke and Christopher Slobogin from Vanderbilt. And it's on the law on police use of force in the United States. Now, the police law in the United States has been in the headlines in, in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement. And the authors show that the constitutionalization of police law has uh, bears part of the responsibilities for the ills of um, the current police system. And that is because the, the constitutional order uh, obliges uh, the establishment of a particular uh, institutional framework for the police, which goes with many downsides. So this is really a, a, a very deeply uh, rooted analysis of, uh, or of, of the undercurrents of uh, current uh, political developments that I can only recommend. The last article I want to highlight is by Benjamin Bricker from the Southern Illinois University. And it's about dissent before the Polish Constitutional Court on the basis of a general taxonomy of different functions of constitutional court dissents, of, of uh, separate opinions before the constitutional courts. The author shows how dissents, the possibility of dissents were used by newly appointed PIS judges at the beginning of the PIS government before the Constitutional Court had been taken over by the PIS in order to infiltrate certain legal opinions about the Constitution that were, you know, uh, conducive to PIS policies into constitutional law and how later on the government relied on these opinions when, for example, deciding not to publish a judgment by the Constitutional Court in the official Journal. So that is a very interesting study on, on dissent as such, on the function of dissent in the abstract and specifically on uh, in the context of a constitutional court that has uh, yeah, turned into a, a tool of a more and more authoritarian government. So that is also something that uh, I can uh, recommend to you. I hope that this selection, which again is highly subjective, has uh, uh, been of interest to you. And I hope it is also a um, reason, it gives you some reason to, to study our archives yourself and to discover what you might find interesting there. Please post it in uh, the comments or post it on Twitter whenever you discover something that the algorithms might not reveal. I think that is another dimension of scholarly exchange that we should not forget about in uh, even in the age of social media. This was a podcast by the German Law Journal. My name is Nora Markard and I'm an editor of the German Law Journal. Find us at germanlawjournal.com and tell us what you think on Twitter or on Facebook. Thank you for listening. <laughs>